Welcome to the WRSU Crew, the revolutionary show to hear all things sports, from your very own Rutgers Athletics to the hot topics in all professional and collegiate sports from around the globe, coming to you from your own Rutgers students. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride with the crew. Well, it's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. It's six o'clock, and you know what that means. It's time for the Wednesday cruise. This is Sean Ed Carney, joined by Derek Fleming and Jake Mysell. And boys, anything interesting happened in the sports world the last couple of days? I don't know. You tell me, Sean. I I, I thought there might have been something about your your boy Carson Wentz. Yeah, there might have been a little something about there. Uh, Derek, this involves you too because we are both a part of the NFC East. So. Uh, <laughs> So some interesting transactions going on uh, in the past 48 hours. Um, that was definitely a, a trade I was not expecting. I don't know. It was just something. If Carson Wentz went anywhere else besides Washington, I'd be like, all right, that makes sense. But now that he's in Washington, seeing the commanders pop up, getting Carson Wentz was just really weird because it felt like he was going to an XFL team. But it, it's a... Uh, well, to be fair, the Commanders sounds like an XFL name. So they I were, mean, they were. I mean, didn't they? Oh, didn't they? they like steal the slogans from the DC Defenders or something? Like the whole take command thing. Yeah, they stole the hashtag. <laughs> I think they stole the bio word from word. Oh my goodness! So that's not a good look for Washington, as if they don't have enough bad looks already. Hey, at least their uniforms are still better than the uh, USFL uniforms that came out recently. Yeah. Those just, I, I mean, I don't ever have high hopes for for those uniforms. And I liked Washington's uniforms before they had the whole entire rebrand. Now, I'm not that big of a fan. Uh, I didn't think that they needed to change it. But I don't make the rules. The uniform I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would agree. I'm, I'm also surprised that... I'm not surprised Carson Wentz got traded. I was hearing the buzz that he probably would end up getting traded to somebody. I'm surprised to see him come back to the NFC East uh, after only one year of absence. It's kind of weird. And now that he's playing on a rival team, it's now especially weird because I know, Sean, you're a massive Eagles fan, but obviously all the NFC East teams hate each other. So, I mean, are you going to still try to root for him without rooting for Washington? Or, like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll be rooting for him outside the two games that they play each other. But, you know, that's still my guy. And I, I, with that being said, I think this is his final year to prove himself as a starter. Because if he can't make it this year, at least to a wild card berth, then I don't think there's a serious future for him as a starting quarterback in this league. I think he'll be a backup somewhere, but that that contract would have to be revised a little bit for that to happen. And or, or you know maybe maybe Washington cuts him and he just signs some some small deal with with a team as a backup. I think he's definitely better than backup quality by far. Yeah. I mean, he definitely had the most forgettable 27 touchdowns, seven interception uh, season that you could ever draw up. That's true. I'm not sure if that's because of Jonathan Taylor going ballistic or whatnot or just his collapse against the Jaguars. But it felt like Carson Wentz was either good for a buck 30 passing yards or 280 in like a great game. I just felt like the consistency wasn't there. But I think you I don't also think it's have ever to... been there except for 2017. To be yeah. honest, what that it hasn't been there, it has. It, it has not been there. Uh, I don't know. I I in Philadelphia, I was always to be. I'll say it like this: um, 
I never, ever was scared going into a matchup against the Giants because of Eli Manning. But I definitely was a little intimidated sometimes going in against Carson Wentz because he was that rookie year he did well, and then he was having that MVP year until he tore his ACL. I just think that it's there for him. Maybe he just is not mentally ready to get back to where he was, but I'm not sure. I think it's in there. Mm -hmm. I really do. When I thought the when the Colts got him, I was just uh, I was picking the Colts to win the division, but. You can only be as good as your weapons. If you're thrown to a 30 million year old T.Y. Hilton and uh, Mo Alley Cox, I don't know how good you can be. Yeah, yeah, I, and I, I felt that that he didn't really have that great of a supporting cast, even with that o- offensive line and Jonathan Taylor. He his best receiver was Michael Pittman, who had a great season. He did have a good season. He had a good season, but it's just you know, I don't think you want Michael Pittman to be your number one option as good as he is. Yeah, and in Philadelphia, I mean, Zach Ertz was good. Yeah. Uh, who was his number one wide receiver? His, well, his that's kind of the Jordan question, Matthews? isn't it? That's kind of the question, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this year he'll be going into Washington with Terry McLaurin. Who, that's already a massive upgrade. Yeah, yeah I, from, from, I would argue that. That's, that's already his receiver. best receiver. From like any ever. receiver that he's ever played with. I just think back to those Eagles – the Eagles really, outside of Deshaun Jackson and that one or two years of Jeremy Macklin, they have not really been known for their yeah. wide receivers other than dropping the ball. So, <laughs> you, I'm just I'm defending Carson Wentz. Did you, I think did you have to roast Nelson Aguilar like that? <laughs> I mean, Jalen Riggers. He had a couple of good years in there. I mean, Devontae Smith, uh, good rookie season. He did. Yeah. He did. But now we... Uh, he just wasn't there when Carson Wentz needed him. That's true. Not that Zach Hurts wasn't an elite tight end, but I think the situation he's it's walking into. It's a big difference into. between having elite wide receivers and an elite tight end. You yeah. know, tight end is supposed to be your safety valve guy, the guy you can go to when none of your deep receiver threats are open, You know, just to ensure some good chunk yardage. But when you have a solid number one receiver and elite number one receiver, you know, that's a guy you can go to over the top, make big plays, really change the dynamic of a game. I mean, we've seen it with, like, the Bengals, with the Chiefs. That's what you want out of a receiver. Carson Wentz never had that. Maybe with Terry McLaurin, things are going to change. He's got a good arm. Yeah. You know, Terry McLaurin's a great wide receiver. Yeah, unless if you got Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller as your wide receiver, your tight end, who is basically a wide receiver just bigger, uh, it doesn't really matter. And Zach Hurts is a lot more of a Jason Witten type than – Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey-esque. But, you know, he gets Logan Thomas as his tight end, Terry McLaurin. They'll probably make another move or two. I'm, I'm kind of blanking on who their second wide receiver is. I know they had, like, Steve Sims and Adam Humphreys, but... Did yeah. they did they get um Curtis Samuel, like, last offseason? Oh, they do have yeah. Curtis Samuel. He was yeah, just Logan hurt the Thomas. whole entire year. Logan Thomas was a good tight end this year. He just got beat got up a million hurt. times. Yeah. Um, but let, let's start from the top. Uh, for what's been a very busy 48 hours in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers re-signing for a four-year, $200 million deal to make him the highest-paid player in NFL history. I have my thoughts on it, but what do you guys think? Uh, All I can say is I called it because I knew he wasn't going anywhere. I knew this was just going to be a pathetic coming back to the Packers on whatever mega deal they wanted to give him. And, you know, maybe next year he'll, like, retire or threaten to go somewhere else or something. I don't know. It's it's like the whole Brett Favre thing all over again. You know, the whole flirting, will he, won't he leave, 
only just stay longer than he probably should. It's not that he's not making the team good or he's not playing good or he doesn't fit in their system. It's more that the 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 relationship is not strong. It's not healthy. But, I mean, it's pretty predictable that he'd want to stay because he's found so much success in Green Bay. Going somewhere else, potentially to lose, wouldn't necessarily be a good move for him. So I just felt like he'd probably stay in Denver. Or that, not Denver, uh, Green Bay, not go to Denver or somewhere else. So, you know, I mean. That's what the people said about Tom. They were like, don't leave New England. You won't have success anywhere. But Tom also did have quite the arsenal. But Yeah, but he also wanted to prove that he could win somewhere else. Yeah. the thing. Aaron Rodgers, I don't feel like he feels that way. I think he, well, no, he hasn't been I think able to prove that he can win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he has one Super Bowl under his yeah. belt, and that was And they were a wild ago. card team. Yeah, they were. <laughs> Yeah, they're definitely different gamers than Tom. Uh, uh, I don't know. I was hoping that Aaron Rodgers would retire so he doesn't have to torment me any longer. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Cowboys fan, so I was. I feel like Barstool Big Cat just when, when anything Aaron Rodgers related pops up is just basically upsetting and you're rooting against the guy most of the time, unless if he's playing my team, of course. I, I uh, think the entire NFC was hoping he would go to the other conference but yeah it would have been very very nice for him to go to denver or tennessee because he was debating on denver tennessee pittsburgh and green bay it's just funny to me how he was always talking about how it wasn't about the money and it was always about how the management was going behind him and not asking him about personnel stuff when he ultimately comes back Highest paid player in NFL history. Signs this mega deal, and it's ah, he is such a drama queen. It's unbelievable. Uh, I'm not doubting his talent at all. Obviously, two back-to-back MVPs should speak for themselves, but I think he also is a very big drama queen. I'll say that. Yeah, I just didn't see it coming. To be honest, I really thought the bridges were burned especially after that press conference he gave before the start of this past season where he pretty much said that he wasn't going to come back, and especially with the deal that they signed him to or they they revised his contract to where you know, it would be one year and then it was an out and he would leave Green Bay. And I really thought that there was just no way he was coming back, but no one's going to turn down four years, $200 I mean, his kids' kids will have – money left over from that so you know good on him i after the playoffs last year or excuse me two months ago or yeah two months ago where he lost to the 49ers and last year he lost to the buccaneers at home the year before that they, 49ers the year before that they got blown out by the 49ers it's gotten to the point where i really only fear Aaron Rodgers in the regular season because in the playoffs, it just seems like he doesn't come through for his team. I mean, a lot of people said that about Peyton Manning for years. Well, Peyton Manning actually put together multiple Super Bowl runs. and He, he did, but he was very notably a poor regular season, or not regular season, postseason quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, he had those per- some baffling performances against New England in the postseason. That crazy loss to what was it? The Jets that one year? Or they no, wait, beat they, the they, Jets. Beat they beat the Jets. They beat the Jets. They beat the Championship. 
Oh, they beat well, the Jets. Well, 2010, they lost to the Jets in the wild card. Yeah, that's right. That It was 2010. The Jets beat Indy and New England. And that's the year the Jets went to the AFC Champions. And then they lost to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, Sorry, you know, Jet fans. So, I mean, and obviously, you see the Super Bowl against Seattle that we don't have to talk about because it kind of speaks for itself. It, so, you know, I mean, every it's really hard to win. In this league, guys are lucky to get one Super Bowl, let alone multiple. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Aaron Rodgers already having that ring, that's still a pretty big mark on his resume. Having two would be great, but, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to get to the Super Bowl. It's hard to win the Super Bowl. No, I agree, but when you're getting paid $200 million over the course of four years and you're trying to be called the GOAT, I don't think one Super Bowl is enough to suffice that argument. I also don't think Aaron really has Super Bowl in the back of him, his mind if you're taking $50 million a year and then they're going to have yeah. to probably cut Zedaria Smith who is arguably their best defensive player then they're going to have to they're probably not going to sign back uh, Devondre Campbell who's their linebacker because they have sh- to resign Devontae Adams they're going right? to have to extend Devontae Adams who's obviously going to get a monster deal you got Aaron Rodgers soaking up 50 million dollars a year I'm just not sure where uh this cap space is coming from and if it does come from somewhere I would love for them to let Jerry Jones know how to tweak these numbers so he doesn't get rid of uh elite wide receivers so but I just don't see how the Packers can unless uh, if I mean they hit on all seven draft picks next year I'm not sure where they're going to be signing guys. They're also probably going to extend Jay, uh, Jair Alexander. I'm just not sure where the money's going to be coming from, truthfully. Well, the main criticism of Aaron Rodgers over the course, well, not the main, but one of the criticisms of Aaron Rodgers has been that he's always taken a large paycheck, and for that reason, the Packers haven't been able to surround him with that many pieces outside of Devontae Adams. When you look at Tom Brady in New England, he was never the highest paid quarterback or player for that matter at any point of his career and so the Patriots were able to sign a good amount of talent and go to that many championships he always took team friendly deals and so Aaron Rodgers has always been considered selfish and this is one of those reasons I'm gonna I'm gonna counter that point because the Patriots were also very notable for not going after the big name free agents even when they could you know they didn't use a ton of money in the offseason to score big-name players. They would make small additions through the draft and free agencies around guys that would work in— surround Tom Brady with guys that would work in their system. But you, you are right that Tom Brady was notable for never really taking a big paycheck until he signed in Tampa Bay, really. You know, And usually when you sign with a new team, it's going to require a hefty paycheck just, to, just yeah. for them to be able to entice you there. But I do think, I don't want to say that it's necessarily a knock on Aaron Rodgers for chasing the bag because, I mean, you know, you got to get paid. It's a dangerous sport. Yeah, I mean, you retire you get, at 40, so you need a lot of money. But If the GM throws $200 million on the table and say, take it or leave it, you're going to take it all, all day. Of course. I don't blame him, but, you know. It's not a formula that leads to winning. I think I think the knock here is on the Packers for 
you know, being foolish enough to keep offering him those ginormous. Yeah, things. right. I mean, yeah, I mean, didn't weren't these the same guys, the same front office that drafted a quarterback in the first round two years ago? So much, so so much for that. That could probably be like one of the yeah. worst draft picks ever, unless and if they you, trade him. And you can say that, oh, you know, Jordan Love doesn't look that great. He played one game. He started one game in his entire career, and it didn't go well. Most QBs in their first game don't don't have a great game but you know you draft Jordan Love the intention is clear you want to have him be the successor of Rodgers and then you just don't let him be the successor of Rodgers because by the time his rookie deal is up Rodgers already played the whole through the whole thing well it's gonna be uh it's then gonna be... what do you do with Jordan Love I mean now we're already hearing stuff like maybe he could be shipped out to like Pittsburgh or something you know a team that needs a young quarterback there's no way they don't trade him. Unless, you know, I just think Green Bay management is just so totally lost right now. It's weird. It's baffling because... They make it work, but it's weird. Unless if they... I mean, to be fair, over like three decades, they've had first ballot Hall of Fame-worthy quarterbacks, and they have two Super Bowls to show for it. So I don't know how much they're actually working, making it work, but... Oh, my gosh. It's just unless if their sole purpose was to draft Jordan Love because they knew Aaron Rodgers was going to get annoyed and then produce two back-to-back MVPs uh, seasons, then I'm not sure where the – it's just – it's one of those – that was honestly what almost drove Rodgers out was the fact that this team almost made the NFC Championship and then they spend a, a first-round pick on a guy who's not going to start for three years. Yeah. And – in terms of Packers management, A, they've done a terrible job of drafting because I believe the last skill player they took in the first round must have been six or seven years ago. They they haven't taken a while. Someone might be able to fact check. but I'll, I'll fact check that for you. Keep going. I know. I know 2020, when they really needed a wide receiver, they didn't take a single one. They drafted A.J. Dillon in the second round, and they drafted Jordan Love in the first, like like you guys talked about. Last year, they drafted uh, that kid out of Clemson. I think his name is uh, Amani Rogers, if I'm not mistaken. I believe, what, the wide receiver? Out of, out of Clemson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a wide receiver. Right. Amani yeah. Rogers, yes. yes. So they drafted him third or fourth round. He wasn't that good. So, so what are we defining as skill position? Just like on offense? Yeah. Um, the last offensive skill position player that they drafted in the first round, who was not a quarterback, was Jordy was Nelson. Round, right? No, wait, that was second round. Sorry, that was second round. He was just their first draft pick because they didn't have one. <laughs> um, so you're still scrolling. Yeah, no. 2002, yeah. Javon Walker, wide receiver. <laughs> 2002, 20 years ago. And credit for them to finding the diamond and rough and Devonte Adams in the second round, but look, he's been the only, you know, elite wide receiver on that team since it was him, Jordy Nelson, uh, in the receiving core with with Randall Cobb. But ever since then, it's just been him. Like th- it, he's already one of the best wide receivers, if not the best, in the league. Imagine what he could do if there were a second receiver to stretch the field even more or, you know, take those short routes uh, and, and, you know, let Devontae uh, be mashed up one-on-one as opposed to getting double-teamed, triple-teamed. I mean, 
I'll play devil's advocate here because the Packers are a team that usually gets late first round picks because they usually, yeah, sure. you know, make the playoffs. Sometimes it win at least one playoff game. That's usually the place in the in the first round where you take like an offensive lineman or defensive lineman best player available. That's not usually a wide receiver, especially when you know you can get good wide receiver talent in the second, third, even fourth and fifth rounds. But it is notable that the Packers have not drafted an offensive skill position player that wasn't a quarterback in 20 years because, I mean, you can't, like, yeah, they have good players on offense, but they could have even better players on offense. They could be surrounding Aaron Rodgers with the kind of talent that puts them over the top and not force him to put them over the top. I'll give them credit, though, for not drafting any running backs in the first round because that is as big of a waste of a of draft capital as spending it on Jordan Love. You running sure? backs, positive. You're a Cowboys fan, though, right? Yeah, and I mean... You, you don't like Ezekiel Elliott? I would have much rather Jalen Ramsey. Okay, that's fair. I mean, uh, Zeke's basically done at this point. He's got maybe one, two years left, wow. and they're not all-star I, years. I will say that Jalen Ramsey probably would have been more useful given Well, I think you guys had the option Cowboys. of drafting both Joey Bosa, too, No, right? Joey went three, okay, yeah, and Zeke three. went okay. four, and Jalen went five. If 16-year-old me has the receipts of me saying Jalen Ramsey over Zeke and Jerry Jones did not see this one coming, I don't know what. Because you could get a running back in the third round, fourth round doesn't matter they'll produce look at elijah mitchell i always just think of demarco murray he was a great running back he was drafted in the third round there's just not really a lot aaron jones was like a fifth round pick derrick henry was second but that's still he was a heisman heisman running back you can just go down the line of elite running backs i think austin eckler may have been undrafted Yep. There's just tons and tons of running backs that you don't have to spend top five picks on. Ask, ask the Jaguars how Leonard Fournette's doing. Ask I don't the know. Ju- I mean, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers like him just fine. Yeah, but I well, mean. They, they signed him to a cheap deal. It, they, they didn't draft him. They didn't do anything. Saquon, no, but I, I, I don't think you can knock the Jaguars for drafting a good player. Just I, because he's not on the team anymore. I they cut him for a reason because he wasn't really producing all too much there. And then he went to a team where running backs are dependent on their offensive line, which is why when Leonard Fournette went there, he had holes to run through. Right. I, I think that's the big Look thing. Look at Saquon. Yeah, know? that's the big thing is that teams like the Giants and Jaguars that do draft a running back in the first round and then they don't really produce as well as you want them to. It's because of the O-line. The Cowboys drafted Zeke because they already had a great O-line. So They did and they not? wanted to protect Tony. So Why? I mean, it it, it just hmm. made sense, but Tony actually never really got to use Zeke because he got hurt that season. But I just I don't know. I don't. I mean, value this is this is a much. discussion that happens fairly often in today's NFL. You know how valuable is how valuable are running backs? But I I think the point stands that wide receivers are definitely among the most valuable positions. Even if you can, even if there are a plethora of really talented ones, and the fact that you know, teams like Green Bay choose not to go after those guys is kind of weird. Like, I mean, you could have drafted a really good wide receiver. You could, couldn't they have had T. Higgins in the 2020 draft? And yeah, he went Jordan second Love? round. That, that's a guy that went second round. Yeah, and he played in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, that that draft class, wide receiver wise, was notably strong because um, it was C. D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs. 
um, Judy uh, went that. Yeah, Judy. Judy. Um, Justin Jefferson. T. Higgins. T. Higgins. Jalen Rager. Let's go. We don't mention that. <laughs> here. I uh, feel like. Is it, are, are we Brandon, gonna make? Are we gonna make it three years in a row that the Eagles draft a wide receiver in the first geez. round? <laughs> Uh, Brendan Ayuk. But, yeah, no, point being that even if they – forget about the Jordan Love pick, all right? Whatever. They wanted to protect their future in case Aaron Rodgers left. But then even in the second round, they went with A.J. Dillon, a, a guy that was probably projected to go fourth in that draft, if I'm not mistaken. They could have waited on that on Dylan because a they already had Aaron Jones, but b they needed a receiver. Yeah, I don't they, I don't get the AJ Dylan pick yeah. at all. I just and, remember at the time Twitter was just clowning the the Packers the first two picks yeah. because Rodgers was very vocal about getting help, and then they yeah. did that the no, first he, two he picks. W- he went on record for saying that they needed help at re- at the receiver position, but uh, yeah, some some very interesting moves made in the NFL. In the past few days, we'll take our first break ahead. We have locks of the week here on WRSU, the crew on 88.7 FM, New Brunswick and streaming live at WRSU.org. This is Locks of the Week on the Wednesday Crew, where we make one lock each for a betting line in a sports game. Boys, do we have a lock? Derek, I see you nodding your head. I am currently three for three in my lock career on the crew. I I bet I said the first lock ever was the Raiders over the Eagles. I was actually with you. That was a Friday I crew. That. Yeah, I, I, I remember that now. I would have. Uh, I mean, I would have been on here if it weren't for uh, having to take a, a movie class right now. I would have been <laughs> on Wednesday crew, but here we are. My oh, and I also got two hockey picks right like two weeks ago. So we're gonna go back to the hockey well because I'm not the biggest basketball fan as I used to be. So for all my hockey betters out there, we're not gonna go tonight because there's only two games on the slate. But tomorrow, I want you guys to have time. I want to make sure that you ready, you're ready. You got all your money deposited into your account, and you're going to put all that money on the New Jersey Devils money line. They're going to be playing the Winnipeg Jets at home. The Devils are they're on a two-game win streak. They're two and zero on their home stand. They just beat the Colorado Avalanche five to three. They came back. That's a they, good win. Great win. They were down 3 nothing. They scored five unanswered goals. They outshot the Colorado Avalanche by 20-something, 43-26. to So, a lot of confidence going on with that team right now. And they're going to play a Winnipeg team who is not the best on defense. So, as long as the Devils goaltender, Nico Dawes, continues to be average, mm-hmm. I'm going to say that they get it done. Well, the Avalanche is a team that... My my team's player, Claude Giroux, could be possibly traded to with the upcoming trade deadline. So that would be a nut. That yeah, would be nuts. That that would be because um, they are a cup contender, and a player like Claude Giroux could definitely boost their chances. 
Um, the other thing, I, I don't know if you saw this, but the Flyers beat the Golden Knights last night. Carter Hart with a uh, career high forty-seven saves. Was it? I thought I thought That's it really almost good. got up to fifty. I threw yeah. it. I threw that on in the tail yeah. end of after the Devils game. Yeah, Vegas is having a real tough time scoring goals. I'm not just saying that. Uh, Carter Hart's played well, but Vegas is. If you look back at their last few games, maybe outside of like one or two, yeah. they've scored one goal. So. That's a team that's barely even a playoff spot who is fifth on Stanley Cup uh, winning odds. Yeah. And speaking of the Golden Knights, Jack Eichel going back to Buffalo uh, tonight or tomorrow night? Tomorrow. 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 That's exciting. I, I forget. Is Buffalo good or not? Horrible. They, they, they were terrible last okay. year. That's what I thought. Derek, <laughs> they're, you said, you said they, they're were all right. they were decent this year, right? They were decent when it comes to scoring goals, but they're still the same big, okay. bad Buffalo. They can't <laughs> fill up half the arena. So we'll see if they can get up to 65% for uh, Jack Eichel's return tomorrow. Oh come on! Give them give them credit for seventy percent at least. I don't know. They can barely they can barely break forty five on a weekday. So <laughs> yeah, but it's Jack Eichel. Yeah. yeah. Well, Derek, you'd probably be the better uh, person to ask about this. But what's is there actual beef between you know Eichel and Buffalo, or was it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, there's Jack Eichel. How many times have you seen a captain stripped of their captaincy? In the prime of their career, oh, he was stripped. Of he his was captaincy. stripped of it because he didn't play for for a year and a half. He had some he had some ongoing back issues that the rumor going around was that the Buffalo Sabers medical staff said that he was fine, but his agent and other outside doctors said that he wasn't and he needed surgery. And Buffalo would not authorize him to get that surgery. So then, after they traded wow. him, he was allowed to. There's a lot of beef between the two uh, franchises. You usually don't trade away a. A prime talent. I don't no. think. I think it was almost like worse in the Rogers situation, obviously, because he held his word and mm. they traded him, and Rogers went and signed a mega deal. So, yeah, there definitely is some beef, though. Yeah, I know this has been going on for almost a year and a half, but he was finally traded in November, if I'm not mistaken. He just he finally got around to playing for the Knights uh, last month. And he's been doing all right. He's yeah. been doing all right. He's yeah. been actually probably one of the few guys that have been scoring goals. Yeah. They lost Mark Stone, their captain, who is one of the best def- mm-hmm. two-way forwards in the game, who obviously him going out and Max Petrietti can't put a, a puck in the net. So, yeah. Well, we'll move on with our locks here. I have a really interesting one because oh boy. it's not a line. It's a, it's a prop bet, but a very unique prop bet. So tomorrow night, Ben Simmons returns with the Brooklyn Nets to visit oh, the, boy. <laughs> the Philadelphia 76ers. 7.30 tip-off. It's a nationally televised game on TNT. So here's where it gets interesting. The prop bets they have is will Embiid and Simmons touch during broadcast? Yes, minus 150, no, plus 110. It just goes on. If Simmons, if Simmons and Embiid touch, it, what will it be? Fist bump, punch, just hug, face slap. Uh, and, and the list goes face on. Face slap? I, I, I would say a high five. <laughs> What's um, the odds so, for the face slap? So the face slap is 12 to 1 odds. <laughs> <laughs> that would there, be there's great. A, there's a butt slap odd, uh, 25 to 1. What, what, what oh, is this? No. My God, I like uh, it. But I will go with, will the TNT mention Simmons' uh, passed-up dunk highlight versus Hawks? Uh, slash will it be shown during broadcast? Yes, minus 150. I am hammering that. 
<laughs> they will definitely be showing that a couple times during the broadcast, in my opinion. Yeah, wasn't that also? I just remember vividly Shaq and Charles and all those guys losing their mind, yeah. and Shaq was talking about how he'd never want Ben Simmons on his team after that Atlanta Hawks performance. So they'll definitely, uh, yeah. they'll definitely put that one on just to stir those two up. Yeah. Yeah, that that sounds like it'll be a lot of fun. I might even tune in for that one. I don't yeah. really, I haven't been watching a ton of NBA basketball Honestly, these days because, yeah. I mean, um, listen, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I'm a Knicks fan. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. But anyway, on to my lock of the week, we got college basketball, which I've been watching plenty of. I don't have a betting line for this, unfortunately, because we are now getting into tournament season, conference tournament season, and for some reason there's just not betting lines even for the top 25. But we've got Big 12 tournament quarterfinal tomorrow at 12.30 p.m. TCU up against the number 22-ranked Texas Longhorns. This is an interesting matchup. They're giving TCU only a 28.9% chance to win. And obviously Texas has been good all year. They're usually good, but I don't know. I'm feeling TCU in this matchup. You know, you got a little Texas rivalry going on. We know these two teams don't like each other. I think TCU can pull it out. I don't know that they're – I'm not going to try and predict how they'll perform in the rest of the tournament, but I think they'll beat Texas. A little little shock and surprise upset. That's my lock of the week. Yeah, Texas is – I feel that whole entire college university is notorious for – for losing big games when they're projected to do well. So, wait, I also want to go back. What was the odds for for them dapping up pregame? Uh, let me go back to it. So, uh, just handshake slash hand slap, uh, two to one odds. All right, all right. I mean, I would, I would take that. I, you know what? It's tough. I remember there was a line like this when when Tom Brady went back to New England this year and it was whether or not him and Bill would give each other a hug after yeah. the game. And it hit. I wouldn't right. I wouldn't have said take it, but it hit. And I'm also getting that don't take it, uh-uh, that feel, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I would say more with the highlight. Yeah. Safer bet. Yeah. Uh, there's also times Simmons is said during broadcast over under is six and a half. I would hammer the over, I think. I think they'll probably get only to, only six and a half. Yeah, I, I think they get to at least three or four by halftime. I it, mean, we're talking about a, a two and a half to three hour game. They're only going to say it like six or seven times. No, come I, on, man. It, are we including halftime in this uh, and pregame? Anytime from tip off to the end of the game, but not including halftime uh, and okay. commercial okay. promos. Um, there you go. Then that makes a little more sense. If it were, if it were Jerry Jones, then I would say yeah, because Jerry always pops up on the on the on the Cowboys games a lot. You it can't de- go a Cowboys game without hearing his name at least twelve times. <laughs> no, and panning to him in the box, it's not possible. I don't it, know why. Fi- Fifteen or more if it's a prime time game. <laughs> Just inflates. Twenty his ego. or more if it's uh, uh, America's game of the week on Fox. <laughs> I'll I'll tell you this if. If Philly or the Nets, if one of the two, if it's a close, if it's a close game, they won't. It won't hit. But if it's a blowout, one of the two sides doesn't matter who. Then yes, because mm-hmm. then they're going to be bored, and then they're going to have to keep on going to them. <laughs> Just true. for fun, Sean, you want to you want to give us your prediction for who's actually going to win this game? I think the Sixers win. Uh, the Nets have been kind of slumping lately. I believe they lost. Eight of their last ten were. Kyrie did drop fifty yesterday. He did he did, um, but 
they lost to the Celtics. I was watching that game, actually. I was watching this Nets-Celtics game on Sunday. Um, Jason Tatum and KD had a very uh, competitive battle. I believe KD had 43 points. Jason Tatum had 50, and the Celtics won that game. But they've been slumping. Um, and with Kyrie still not being able to play because of the nuanced rule in New York City where uh, private sectors have still have the COVID mandate applied to them, and Kyrie can only show up as a fan, uh, it's still kind of looking bleak for them. I saw actually today that there was optimism that Kyrie will be able to play sooner rather than later. Uh, the real question is, was Ben Simmons ducking the Sixers' return? I think that he's probably genuinely going through in, like an injury problem right now because it's this isn't the only game he's missed. Like he hasn't played since he's gotten traded. He he's joined them for no, no. trips. Yeah, but is he just taking a little bit longer to get ready because he doesn't want to well, go we'll, back we'll, to? We'll Philly. find out because if he plays the game after the, ga- yeah. uh, the game tomorrow, that would be too suspicious. I feel be, like he'd miss yeah, like two or three yeah. more. Um, Imagine they play each other and. In the Eastern Conference Finals, that, that would be, be a that would be, be a fun. crazy one. And as so, long as they play, I'll be happy. And so, yeah, no, it would be very fun. And the interesting thing is that the Nets having four games at home is almost a disadvantage because that means it's one less game that Kyrie can play. You almost want to be the lower seed if you're the Nets, so you can get an extra game of Kyrie. I, I don't know. What do you sacrifice? Do you sacrifice home court advantage? Or? I don't think they. I don't think they're gonna have the option. Honestly, I mean, <laughs> well, they're, they're I don't even know. If... They're in the play-in yeah. right now, so they might not even have that option, like you said. Yeah. Um, but that's gonna do it for locks of the week. Coming up after the break, talk segment two here on the Wednesday Crew on WRCU FM New Brunswick and streaming live at WRCU.org. And welcome back to the Wednesday Crew here with Seanette Carney, Derek Fleming, and Jake Mystel. Started off talking a little bit about the Carson Wentz trade that just went down today, the Aaron Rodgers mega deal that occurred yesterday, and we made our locks of the week. But now we're going to move on to the second, you know, blockbuster move that happened, and that was the Russell Wilson trade to Denver. It involved multiple players, including Noah Fant, Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, two first-round picks, two second-round picks uh, in exchange for Russell Wilson and, I believe, a fourth. But, guys, what do we think? Who won this trade? Uh, which team, you know, has the better future? Um, I'm going to say they both lost this trade. Ooh. Because um, as much as I love Russell Wilson, he's one of my favorite players in the league. Also one of my favorite Yankees. Um, but... I don't, especially at his age, at his current age, I don't think he's worth the haul that the Broncos paid for him. That being said, I mean, the Seahawks got a couple good players in, like, Shelby Harris and Noah Fant, but they also got Drew Locke. So now your QB situation is Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Well, I don't really want to play either of them, so unless you plan on using one of those first-round picks on a quarterback, which I'm not really liking the quarterback prospects in this draft— Looks like Seattle's going to be tanking for a year without a solid QB at the helm. I mean, if I had to say that any team won this trade, it would be Seattle, but I'm not really liking the move for either side. I I 
like the move more for Seattle than I do for Denver, although I do think that Denver got the piece it needed to finally push them over the threshold that they've been trying to cross for so many years where they just kept on putting in stopgap quarterbacks like True Lock and Case Keenum and Teddy Bridgewater last year. But now they finally have a guy that's a proven winner that's going to be able to take them to the playoffs with the team that they've already built. In terms of what they had to give up, I don't love it. You cannot give up two first-round picks and two second-round picks as well as a young, really good tight end in Noah Fant for an aging quarterback that might only have a couple years left in the tank, especially a year coming off a year in which he had his first injury as a professional player. For uh, me – oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. For me, I would say both both of these teams won. I'm going to say the Broncos did more, however. I'm, Seattle, regardless, they were going to tank. They're going to tank this year because they just don't have a good team in the slightest bit. They weren't going to be good last year. I knew they weren't going to be good. And they wouldn't have been good this year if they had Russell or they somehow— Didn't they just cut Bobby Wagner? They too? did also they did. just cut— yeah. That's, Future that could be Bobby a big Wagner. pickup for a team that needs a middle linebacker. Yeah. Well, the thing with Bobby Wagner is he was an aging star, kind of like Russell Wilson. And yeah, he, but he he's had still an, pretty healthy. That's true. But he had an insane contract that, like Derek said, if this is going to be a team that tanks and really doesn't have playoffs in the 2023 season, then it's just no point in keeping a vet with that kind of no, contract. No, I, I get it. I get it. I'm not saying they shouldn't have cut Bobby Wagner. I think it's the right move. They need to start rebuilding. The whole Legion of Boom era is over. But, I, I, yeah, I mean, back to what you were saying, Derek, you were talking about how they're definitely tanking this year. Right? Yeah, I think that they would not have the choice whether or not to tank or not to tank. They were going to tank regardless. So the haul that they got is definitely great. Two firsts, two seconds. I can't imagine what Green Bay would have got for Aaron Rodgers. No fan. I was always a really big no fan guy. He just, I mean, Drew Locke when he's throwing you the ball. I don't know how good you could be. And and Teddy. Teddy's not the gunslinger. So I maybe no fan goes up there and somehow I know I know he's still with Drew Locke. So I could see them. The fact that they threw Drew Locke in there, I could see them trying to give him a year to see if he figures something out. And if not, then maybe next year they'll they'll draft a quarterback. So, But for Denver, you pay as much as you need to. If you think that you have a chance to win a Super Bowl, you go out and you get the quarterback. I think you saw that with the Rams, and it worked. I know they gave up a little less for Matthew Stafford, but Matthew Stafford's also less of a quarterback than Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, in my opinion, is still definitely top five. I would probably say Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, Tom. Oh, Tom's gone. Oh, God, I don't know. i got to rethink my quarterback rankings now. <laughs> what about Justin Herbert? I don't know. I do like I Herbert a I lot. I don't think I would. After last year, I don't think he's worthy of top five. Yeah, I'm not really. I'm not really sure about I think that Russell I also. I love Russell Wilson, yeah. but I don't think he's I'm not right saying now. that Russell intentionally folded and wanted to get out of Seattle but the amount of years that he's been running because that offensive line has been so poor I felt like it kind of just caught up with him this year where what he's 33 now it was kind of just like hey I'm gonna just take my beatings a little bit and there's no point of sacrificing myself when this team is not going to win out and he also I felt like he was hurt a little bit he was bouncing back from game to game he had that uh the broken middle finger 
that was a tough that was a tough beat that game i had russell wilson over 12 and a half rushing yards and uh he had <laughs> like nine or ten and then he got hurt in the in the second quarter that was a bad beat but i like the move for denver I, the only thing that i'm worried about is i don't know how much faith i have in denver's actual roster i think that they need a little bit more i, I got concerns about their defense they got bradley chubb but i'm not really liking anything else about their, their, defense their right secondary now. is still they, solid they have pieces they have justin simmons they have bradley they, chubb like you said Von Miller could potentially. Von could come back. The offensive line Maybe is definitely. Maybe he wants to stay in L.A. with Aaron Donald. He was joking about coming back to Denver. And now with that, the offense is definitely 100% better. That offensive line is actually solid. The defense, it's Denver. They'll figure out the defense. They'll they'll make it good it's somewhere. It's almost They're... reminiscent of Peyton Manning and the 2013 Broncos where you had that historical offense where Peyton Manning threw what 55 touchdowns yep. yeah 55 and touchdowns broke the NFL record for that it was an unstoppable offense until they met an unmovable defense in yeah. the Super Bowl that's how and it and whose works. defense was that I wonder if they don't release Bobby Wagner if Russell Wilson's on the team this season I really wonder that I don't think that they do I think that if Russell's still there and I think that they let Seattle fans enjoy themselves a little bit longer. But I figure that they kind of just, eh, Russell's gone, we'll just, we'll just keep I, on pouring the I didn't really see either of those guys staying this offseason. I mean, everybody else is gone. Bobby Wagner just never considered everybody it because Everybody else is gone. Earl Thomas up. is on another team slash retire right now. Yeah, he's Cam Chancellor, Marshawn Lynch, retired. they're both retired. You know, Sherm's Richard Sherman. basically going to retire. Didn't he? Did he win a Super Bowl with the Bucks? No, he no. signed with them. No, that was he only signed with them this past season. You know, I don't know. I he don't was remember. with San Fran. I don't remember how. I know long he was with San Fran. Fran. I think he played in the Super Bowl. I don't know. I'm them, not a but... big. I'm not a big Richard Sherman guy. Darrell Rivas but, all day. Well, you know, but you know, I mean, they they don't have Cliff Averill anymore. They don't have KJ Wright, Bruce Irvin. They lost all those guys. They lost the the whole O line. Do they even still have Doug Baldwin? No, Doug Baldwin also retired. They yeah, they got Lockett. Retired. They got Lockett. They yeah, got but Lockett wasn't a DK part of Metcalf. the original Legion of Boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he came around a little I mean, Lockett little and Metcalf are really good players. So, you know, I mean, if Drew Locke, you know, big gunslinger that he is, is going to succeed, might as well, well throw was, it deep to those guys. He but. was in an offense with Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, KJ Hamler, Noah Fant. Melvin I would still Ford. say it's an upgrade. I, yeah, mm. at least at wide receiver. Yeah, nothing yeah. else but wide receiver to an extent. And I mean, to, he had to two a very small extent. He had two I, very yeah. good running backs in that backfield as well, and Melvin yeah. Gordon and Javante Williams. They were combined. You take their talents combined, they definitely make probably an elite an elite running back. Yeah, especially uh, Javante Williams. I, I think it's a an upgrade, but a very small upgrade for Seattle. For 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 Drew Locke in terms of the, mm. in terms of the weapons, it's definitely not an upgrade for Seattle by any means, unless Pete Carroll works his magic, which he's known to do sometimes. But I don't well, know. It seems he, like it's run out right he's now. He's only had one quarterback to work his magic on. That was Russell Wilson. That's true. He almost had uh, Matt Flynn until Russell Wilson came around. <laughs> that would have been fun to watch. Yeah. Imagine yeah. how different the NFL would be. And, and then where does Russell Wilson end up if, it, if it's Matt Flynn and Seattle? Where does Russell Wilson end up? Because in 2012, I don't know if you've heard of this rumor, but the Eagles were very interested in Russell Wilson. Really? Yeah. Draft-wise? Oh, Draft-wise. No. But Seattle had the higher pick in the third round, 
uh, over the Eagles. So Russell Wilson went above the Eagles pick, and then the Eagles landed on Nick Foles. Nick Foles, I mean, he worked out well like for you. I feel like both teams won in that regard. Sure, I mean, they both had one Super Bowl each, but I think, you know, it, it's not it's not hard to, to, say, to say that Russell Wilson was obviously the better pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like things went the way they should have for both sure. teams. You so. tell me which quarterback had seven touchdowns in one game against the Oakland Raiders. You tell me. What did he go, 29 well, that, and 2 that, that year? the Oakland Raiders. I'm pretty sure Russell two. Wilson could have done that. <laughs> Yeah, that they were they were it was twenty seven and twenty seven to two, and he pretty had, solid. I believe he had. I I think that record's beating now, but at that after that year he had the highest passer rating in NFL history over the course of a season. Pretty sure Aaron Rodgers broke Aaron that Rogers, record at Aaron some Rogers point. Broke that like either last year or this year. I thought he broke it like five times. Yeah, <laughs> he might. I mean, he he's the passer rating king, which yeah. is how which is how you know that's that really isn't that important. <laughs> I, I love I actually love passer rating. My biggest concern actually for Denver is the fact that you look at the other quarterbacks and the other teams in that division. I mean, the Chargers, of course, they have Justin Herbert, but they're also kind of always a train wreck and you never know what yeah. actually works out I for them. I feel so bad for the three Chargers fans. That my, one of my uh, one of my good friends is a, is a Chargers fan. So I should specify three three LA based Charger fans. Yeah. Because I know there's still plenty of San Diego fans. Yeah. <laughs> I actually got into a nice argument after that game about how if they didn't call that timeout that they wouldn't oh, need that ball. I don't think that would have been so that would have been so amazing. It. He said it. Derek Carr said it that it changed everything. Austin Eckler was caught talking to like the long snapper, and he said, and he, you could read his lips, and he's like, "Were you guys going to call timeout?" And he just shakes his head, and he's like, oh. "I, I, I've seen that video, and I think people are misconstruing what we said." Brandon Staley should have been fired on the spot. <laughs> I don't agree. I don't agree with that. I, he's a young head coach what was this his first season first season first season i don't think he should be he should have been fired on the spot for that you know to be fair, i I'm like just... making i like him making some bold moves he, hopefully he'll <laughs> learn to not make moves quite as bold as he was making you know i wouldn't go for it uh inside your own 20 on yeah, fourth I... down but i i like the aggressiveness i like the spirit there but I mean, wow, what a game that was. Mm. I was rooting for a tie so hard, but Would that was one of the best cool. football That was one of the best football games yeah. I have ever seen. In my That's life. why I was rooting so hard against the the Colts that 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 early in the oh afternoon. My I wanted the kneel down game so bad. I was so upset when the first not that I expected yeah, anything. It wasn't happen, it wasn't but. the kneel down game that we all wanted and probably deserved, but we got something even better. We got like just a great football game. Yeah. yeah. And, and think about what what football was like between that game to the Super Bowl. Because we got that game. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. To, to a lot of good games. The, playoffs. the wild card was eh. Horrible. And then, and then the divisional round came. Oh, got, my goodness. We got four ridiculous games that yeah, were that just. Was fun. That they were on something. The the championship games the were championship both great. The championship games both great. And then the Super Bowl came down to the wire. Yeah. So you really the, the fact that the Super Bowl was probably the most underwhelming of all those games yeah. says a lot because I mean, what a great, what a great. It wasn't a bad game. It's still a so good game. For, it was still a great game. Yeah. Just underwhelming compared to everything that had already happened in the postseason. For legit <laughs> five, five or six weeks, if you include the Pro Bowl weekend, there for six weeks we had just an absolute fan street 
uh, football wise. Yeah, Pro Bowl was not a dream. <laughs> Pro Bowl. Not no, a no, we got Mac Jones hitting the gritty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I took the over. I call that, that a win. Cool. I call that a win. <laughs> Um, but that is going to do it for hour one. We've talked a little bit about the transactions that have occurred in the past 48 hours in the NFL, as well as made our locks of the week. But coming up after the break, after the break, can we just talk? We pick a topic and just talk about it. That's coming up after this. This is the Wednesday crew on WRSU FM New Brunswick and streaming live at WRSU.org.